And while they are making their way out, I want to welcome all of you. My name is Steve. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite. So glad that you can be with us uh, this morning. We are in a sermon series called Thriving in Exile, and we're doing a, a study on the book of Daniel. And uh, I want to highlight something for you. We have this wonderful, amazing uh, series handout. And uh, this is uh, kind of a background to the book of Daniel, where we're going to be studying a little more in-depth. Um, great opportunity for you to learn more about what we're going to be talking about here. These are available at the uh, guest services table on the way out. Also, the digital copies are available at ignitechurchfm.com Daniel. So um, if you want to grab a copy of that, that would be just really, really helpful and helps you understand the book um, a little bit more as we uh, study the book of Daniel together. We are in week two of this series called Thriving in Exile, and what we're talking about is how do we as people stay loyal to God and honor God in a culture that doesn't? Uh, that's, that's what we're talking about, and how often we feel like exiles. We feel like we're barred from our country, our, our, our homeland, being the kingdom of God. It feels like we can't get there yet, and it feels like we're in exile. And, and what we're, why we're doing this is we're studying the book of Daniel because Daniel was taken into exile. He was an Israelite, and uh, their, their country was conquered by the Chaldean army, and their people were hauled off away from their homeland in Jerusalem to the capital city of Babylon. And uh, it was there that the best and the brightest young minds of, of the Israelites of that day were to, um, they were to be trained in the ways of the Chaldeans and so that they would become a leader and loyal to the king as opposed to starting an uprising and starting a revolt in their country. And so that's where uh, we were talking last week um, about this. And, and, and so this week we're going to be talking about Daniel as he's in the middle of this. This is a new surrounding for him. He, he's a young man. I mean, he was royal family or, or of nobility. And he um, was taken away from his home, separated from his family. And now he's in this foreign land, foreign place, not around many people that he knows. And he is in this spot of what is he going to do now that he's in exile? What is he going to do now that he's separated from these things and what we're going to see today is we're going to talk about the faithfulness of Daniel. Because everybody uh, wants someone to be faithful. We want faithful people in our lives. Uh, someone who is faithful is someone who is steadfast. They're steady in their allegiance. They're loyal. They're, they're constant in their affection. And, and we all have different kinds of things that we are faithful to. And what we are faithful to determines our decisions that we make. Whatever we're faithful to determines the decisions that we make. So if we're faithful to ourselves, if we're only in it for ourselves, we're going to make decisions based on that. If we're faithful to the country, if we're faithful to our spouse, if we're faithful to God, we are going to make decisions based on our faithfulness. And what we're going to see is that Daniel has chosen to be faithful to God above all else. Because faithfulness to God reveals the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness to God reveals the faithfulness of God. It doesn't create the faithfulness of God. God's faithfulness is always existent, but when we are faithful to God, that's when, that's when the light shines on the faithfulness of God, and we get to see how God comes through, and we get to see how God blesses, and we get to see how God meets us in these spaces. When we take a step, and when we take a step of faith, when we trust God in a certain area, when we are faithful to God, it reveals to us something about God, which is really amazing, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's the big idea. Faithfulness to God reveals the faithfulness of God. God. And, and Daniel was faced with faithful issues. 
Who or what is he going to be faithful to? And it's because that Daniel was faithful to God that we read about him. Because the books of the world are not written about the people who fail to commit. That's why we read the book of Daniel, because the faithfulness of Daniel, we can see how God was at work in the middle of all this. And so what we're going to see today is Daniel's faced with a dilemma, and who is he going to be faithful to? And so we're going to pick it up where we left off last week. We started in chapter 1, verse 1, and we got all the way through verse 7 last week. Um, and so we're just going to pick it up in verse 8 today. And what we're going to see, the first thing is, is that faithfulness has its risks. Faithfulness has its risks. Verses 8 through 10. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the use of who you are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. So what we saw last week is that Daniel was taken away. He was brought in. He was going to be trained up in the ways of the Chaldeans, and which is some of it is demonic, uh, satanic education um, as they worship demon gods. So that was part of it. But the other thing is, is that they were to give, be given the best food and the best drink. Okay, the best food, the king's food. Not, not, not something that the king would stamp and approve, but actually food that he ate. The stuff that was being served to the king was the same that was going to be served to these people. The wine that the king drank was the same stuff that, the, that, that, that all these young students were to drink. This was a high honor. But, but here's the problem. Daniel is Jewish. And God's commands is that you eat certain things and don't eat certain things. And it's not just what kinds of meat, what kinds of food, but also in the way that they're prepared. And so Daniel has no idea how these things are prepared. He's got no idea what meat is coming at him. There's, there's things that were uh, sacrificed to temple gods, and, and, and Jews were restricted from eating that. It's called kosher, to, be, to have kosher food. And there was not much kosher food available. But Daniel does something really amazing here. He says he resolves that he would not defile himself with the king's food. He resolves in his heart and his mind, he makes a decision before he does anything, before he goes anywhere, he makes a decision, and that decision is, I'm not going to dishonor God with my food choices. I'm not going to dishonor God because I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know, and I can just about imagine where it is because the Babylonians didn't have the same dietary restrictions as an Israelite would. And so he says, I'm not, I'm going to resolve, I'm not going to eat the king's food. I'm going to refuse to eat. He takes a stand in this moment. Here's the thing. When you, when you refuse the king's food, um, it is seen as incredibly insulting. Like that's really, that's a big insult to the king. If, if he comes and says, you know what, I'm not going to eat your food. I mean, you could, you could come off in a lot of different ways, right? You could come off looking spoiled. You could come off looking ungrateful, right? All of, his, all of his buddies, all the people, maybe his classmates, they're all slaves working somewhere. He's being trained, and now you're refusing the king's food. It's incredibly risky 
to remain faithful to God at times. In, in this world, in this life, there are risks that happen. There are things that could happen to you because you remain faithful to God. You're going to look different than the people around you, and with that comes risk. In Daniel's case, just refusing the food could cost him his life. Just refusing the food. I don't like that. I don't want that. I'm not going to eat that. Right? He just says, I'm resolving. I'm not going to eat the king's food. But God had given Daniel favor. God had, God, had, uh, God had given him favor with the chief of the eunuchs, who was the guy in charge of Daniel and the others. Daniel, God gave Daniel favor and compassion in this sight. Gave him, gave him compassion. So the chief of the eunuchs said, um, I'm not going to kill you right now for your refusal of the food, but I want you to know something because I care about you. I fear the Lord, my king. And if, I, if I'm in charge of you and you don't eat, and then I bring you in front of the king, and you are weak and gaunt and, and malnourished, um, that's not going to only cost me my job, that's going to cost me my head. That's the kind of king and the kind of kingdom that we're dealing with, okay? Not only do, do I not get the results that I, if I, if the king doesn't get the results that he wants, he's not only going to wipe out the result, but he's going to wipe out the one in charge of the results, so Daniel would be dead, the chief would be dead, all because Daniel's refusing the food. But Daniel's not concerned about perception, and Daniel is not concerned about his life. What he's concerned about is, am I going to remain faithful to God even when things are difficult? Even when things are difficult, am I going to remain faithful to God? By saying, I'm going to be more faithful to my God than the king is also a death sentence. Daniel's taking two risks of his own life and one of somebody else's in this one decision. And he says, there's risk involved when we, when we remain faithful to God, but it's about being steady and constant even when things don't look the way that we think they should. Faithfulness to God has its risks. Faithfulness to God also has its tests it has a test as well. Verse 11. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are Daniel's three friends that we talked about last week. Test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearances and the appearance of the youths that, who eat the king's food be observed by you. And deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were in better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. <laughs> Everybody giggles. We're like, can you imagine being that guy? Oh man, the ribs were so great yesterday and the wine was delicious. What do you think we're going to get today? We're going to get steak today? Do you think we're going to get steak today? Broccoli? Why do I have broccoli in a bucket of water? Like what? <laughs> I know who did this to us. 
It was Daniel. Daniel did that to us. Daniel, Daniel says, you know what? Let's test this. Let's test this. Your faithfulness to God will have risk, but it'll also be tested. Here, Daniel invites a test. He says, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to find a workable solution for everybody. He's, he's humble. He's not just like, no, I'm not going to eat it. I don't care if you die. I'm not going to eat it. Like, what he does is he says, okay, listen, let's, let's do this. Let's do 10 days. Let's do 10 days. You give us vegetables and water. You give everybody else what they're, what they're already eating. You give us vegetables and water for 10 days. You just test us in this. And then after that, you compare us to them, and we see what goes on, and you deal with us as you see fit. What a moment. Not only is Daniel saying, you know what, test God, and you're know, like, like let's, let's go. Let's see if God's ways are higher. Let's see if, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's do this for 10 days. And then invites them to compare them to the world around them. So test us in this and see what happens. You see, anytime we're faithful to something or someone, we will be tested in that faithfulness. We'll be tested by temptations of the world. We'll be, temp- we'll be, we'll be tempted by boredom. We'll be tempted by the amount of work it takes to remain faithful. You're going to be tested in your faithfulness. It's what's going to happen. It's going to be challenged. Anytime you take a stand and say, I'm going to remain faithful to this, it will be challenged. It will be tested. There will be naysayers. There will be critics. Just take a stand anywhere on anything and just watch right? And yet we see that, that Daniel says, no, I know the test is coming. But Daniel also says, as I honor God, I expect and invite the challenge. Anybody who tells you the Christian life is easy is misinformed. You will be challenged. You will make a stand. You'll do something different than everyone else around you because you want to be obedient to the king and that is going to look different and because you're different, you will be challenged. It'll be tested in every way imaginable. So Daniel says, let's test this for 10 days and see what happens. So Daniel and his friends step up to the plate. Daniel says it, but his three friends with him is like, yeah, we're in too. Test us. Or maybe they weren't, and they're all looking at Daniel going, dude, what are you doing? Just kidding. They were all in together. They were like, we're, we're in this together. We're going to be tested. I don't want to dishonor God by what I eat. Test me in this for 10 days and let's see what happens. Now, sometimes people have taken this and says, you know what we're going to do is, is we're no longer going to eat meat because look what Daniel did. Now, I'm just going to say this as a clarification point. Jews could eat meat, Okay. It just had to be prepared a certain way, and it had to be certain kinds, and there's other ones that they were to stay away from. It's not that they couldn't eat meat, it's that they had no options of meat that they knew where it was sourced, 
right? Like you couldn't like, strangle them or have the blood in them or have pork or you know things like, if it was sacrificed to a god and worship, they were like, I don't know if I want to do this because I, want, I don't want to participate in the worship of this. And so they said, we're going to abstain from the king's food and all of his meat, and you just give us vegetables because vegetables don't need to be strangled to be prepared. Some of you are like, I want to strangle all the vegetables. <laughs> and give us water, right? That doesn't have to be prepared. Just give us the water. Give us the vegetables. Give us the water. They chose this route because they had no options. So it doesn't mean that we all have to become vegetarians, but what it does mean is that living in faithfulness to God will bring about a strength that others will lack. When we're faithful to God, it brings about in us a strength that others will lack. It makes us stronger when we walk with Jesus. And when we choose things and we walk down this path and God commands things and we walk with them, it will be tested, but in the test we become stronger. It's in the testing that we become stronger in our faith and that God provides for us in these moments and we will possess a strength that others will lack when things get difficult. And it's not because we're awesome, it's because God is great. If we're gonna thrive in this exile, if we're not just really gonna survive it, we have to understand that faithfulness to God is what is going to make us stronger. The faithfulness of God in our lives is what's gonna make us stronger. I once heard an author say this, though. The world is not kind to weak Christians. Meaning, as we, not saying like frailness, I'm saying like if our faith is not being built up, the world is going to chew us up. Because the world, it just, that's just the nature of it in the, in the world in which we live. So your faith is going to be tested, but in those testings, we have the opportunity to become stronger. That's why Daniel invites it. And then after 10 days, it was seen that they were in better appearance. They were fatter in flesh, which means they were more built, right? Daniel's friends getting jacked on vegetables and water. Everybody else eating the king's food, looking more like... And they're better in appearance. And, and so the, the steward goes, well, we're just going to do this. This is what works. This is what works. In the testing, we find what works. And in the testing, we find that we're stronger. Because faithfulness has risks. And faithfulness has tests. But also, faithfulness has rewards. Faithfulness has rewards. In verses 17 through 21. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. We're going to get to that in the weeks to come. At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. That's the king. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which they inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus.
Because God is amazing and good, and because Daniel is faithful, God would bless Daniel. God would reward his faithfulness. God would look on, with kindness on Daniel. He appreciated his faithfulness and blessed him. Every act of faithfulness has a unique blessing that comes from the Lord. Every act of faithfulness has something unique that God gives to us. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you will, on, on, from our perspective, always like what we get. It might not be even what you expect to get. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna be faithful. It means God's gonna get me rich. That means God's gonna get me the girl. That means God's gonna get me the house. God's gonna get me the promotion. I mean, look at Daniel. He got a promotion. That's great. So I'm gonna get promoted. That's not necessarily the case. Every act has a unique blessing that comes with it. Sometimes the blessing is peace. The assurance of knowing that you did what was right even when the results didn't turn out the way that you hoped. There's something really amazing about getting a blessing of God that's saying you did the right thing. And you're like, well, I didn't get the results I wanted. He said, it wasn't about that, it was about your faithfulness. At the end of our life, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good and rich or good and good-looking, or good and promoted. He says, well done, good and faithful. God's interested in our faithfulness. And in this unique spot, in this unique place that God has Daniel and his four friends, they remain faithful to God, and God is faithful back, and he blesses them. What we see is that God is always faithful in the middle of all of these things, and their faithfulness just revealed more of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Not all blessing will look the same, but in this instance, in this spot, in this time, they got promoted. That won't always be the case in the life of Daniel and his four friends, remaining faithful to God, but here it means promotion. Because none of them are found like them. God gave them wisdom and God gave them skill. They were in the class of the Chaldeans and they graduated at the head of their class. They were like valedictorian or something. They did something amazing. They, 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 were, they were brighter and sharper and more wise and humble, and they stood before the king, and any time the king had a question, they would answer, and their answers were found 10 times better than anybody else's all around them, including the magicians and the enchanters, people who had been studying the occult for years, if not decades. They're standing before the king, and here's these four youths standing before them, and their answers are 10 times better than anything the world has had to offer Nebuchadnezzar up to this point. Because they were faithful, because they made a decision about the king's food and what they were going to do and what they were going to resolve to do, they ended up in a spot of influence with not just King Nebuchadnezzar, but four kings, four different kings, all the way up to King Cyrus. 
Daniel would go on to serve as an advisor under four kings. In the middle of that is going to be a hostile takeover from one nation to another. Okay, so the Chaldeans, he serves under two kings of the Chaldeans, and then the, the Medes and the Persians come in and take over and ouster the Chaldean regime. But they kept Daniel as an advisor. Do you know how rare that is? Like when an invading army comes in, they usually slaughter everybody who's a leader, but instead they not only keep Daniel alive, but they make him an advisor in their kingdom. That's a work of God. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. He would go on to serve 60-ish years, 70 years, somewhere in there, almost the whole time of the entire exile, Daniel would be in a position of influence. And interestingly enough, King Cyrus, this is not the only book of the Bible he's mentioned in. Cyrus is also mentioned in the book of Ezra because it's Cyrus who funds the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the temple. Daniel's influence throughout the years of in the in under the influence of, like under the influence of God but in the service of kings who do not honor God somehow God's purposes are being brought about. And King Cyrus would bankroll the rebuilding of the temple that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed. And he was found 10 times better than anyone around him in terms of wisdom and intellect, faithfulness, and work. So I wanna, I wanna encourage some of you in here right now, because some of you are working jobs of places that you would rather not be working at. You don't have to show your hands because your boss might be here, okay? So we're not gonna make you do that. But some of you are in places right now where you're not really jazzed about being there. In fact, you're actually maybe in places where the boss or the company itself is not God-honoring. They don't have the principles to honor God. They have the principles to honor themselves. Some of you are working in positions in government where you might not agree with the decisions that are made by the powers that be. And so many of us often were just like, you know what, when I become a Christian, I have to remove myself from all those environments so that I can go serve the Lord. And I'm not saying there's not times to leave if you can, different places and different situations, but what I am saying is this, I want you to be encouraged by Daniel. Here he was, had no choice but to serve a wicked king. And in his faithfulness to God, was able to win over the heart of the king after king after king, after king, and create a tremendous amount of influence and tremendous amounts of good while he was in a pagan government job. So if you're here today and you're like, I don't even know what I can do. I don't know what I want to do. I just know I don't want to be here. Remain faithful to God even in the middle of this and ask God to give you strength and a mind to work and see what influence can come from being, remaining faithful to God in the middle of less than ideal situation. Because Daniel's situation is anything but ideal. And yet God used him mightily in the places that he found himself. 
And it's because God's faithfulness to him, even in the middle of it. And Daniel found out that faithfulness to God reveals the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness to God reveals the faithfulness of God. To be steady, to be ready, to be ready to answer the king, to stand before the king and give an answer that honors God, even at the risk of his own life. It's an amazing thing to think about. It's an amazing truth that we have. Faithfulness is risky. It'll limit your choices, by the way, which is like the panic of all Americans right now. Like, what if I miss out on something? If I choose this, what if I miss out on this, right? I could be missing out on something better. I had a conversation with that with a, with a young man one time. He was a good-looking dude, like handsome, athletic, spooky smart, like everybody loved him. And I'm like, he's in his mid-20s now, and he's like never been in any kind of serious relationship. And not that you have to be, but I was just curious. I was like, well, that's interesting. So I said, can I ask you a question? Like, why haven't you ever, like, you know, been in a serious relationship? He said, well, what if something better comes along? I was like, how sad. He's looking for the next thing, and maybe something better is going to come along. And so he's not faithful and doesn't want to even commit to anything because what if something's missing? And I just want to reassure you with this today. Faithfulness to God will limit you in things. It limited Daniel's food choices. But the rewards and the depth that come with faithfulness to be steady and constant in a relationship to God will be tested time and time and time again. And you're going to miss out on some things. You're going to miss out on things like regret. And you're going to be tested and you're going to be tried and you are going to suffer in this world. But it is handsomely rewarded by the God who has always been faithful to us. And when we step out in those places, we get to see more and more of just how faithful God is. If you're here today and you're like, I don't know if God could love me. I don't know if God could forgive me. I don't know if God, where do I start? We start with Jesus. God in the flesh reveals this ultimate act of faithfulness to us by forgiving our sins even when we were mocking him. God remained faithful. And anybody who comes to him will receive forgiveness and mercy and a new life. Jesus rose from the dead. He's eternally alive. He's ready, willing, and excited to welcome you in and anybody would, as we see his faithfulness in all of this. Let's pray.